Okay. The year 2020 was a year of chaos, challenges, and change. It's a year that uh, we won't soon uh, forget, although we'd like to, I think. But I believe if we take a good hard look at it, we may decide that this was a year that actually has made us some better. We've learned some things about ourselves and also been reminded about some things of God. Satan came out swinging, and he landed some haymakers for sure. And on behalf of the elders, as Mark said, I'm going to answer, try to answer the question uh, this morning is, how are we doing through all of this? And the typical answer that you get if you ask somebody that is, okay, I'm doing okay. Well, that's the wrong answer. We're not doing okay. We're doing a lot better than okay. And I think that as we look at it and go through, I think we'll see that we are much better than okay. We're doing very well. Satan brought chaos in three areas in our life this year. He brought it in the area of the pandemic and then in racial injustice that broke out and then the, the uh, political insanity that we're going through right now. And I want to start with that political part. And let's begin with that and, and consider it for a minute. Satan's brought fear, anger, hate, and, and violence into our world. And some say that, well, he's trying to divide our, our nation but remember, Satan's very clever. He's very deceptive, and um, he's deceitful. Satan wants us to think he's out to destroy our nation so that he can keep, uh, he can keep his real target a secret. Governments come and, and governments go. Uh, they're not a real threat to Satan. But the gospel, God's eternal plan of redemption, is what he fears. And that's what he's going to do everything he can to stop. And so God entrusted that, that plan of salvation to the church. And that's who Satan's out to try to stop through all this chaos. Those that are disciples of his. And you know who those disciples are, according to John 13, 35, because they're the ones who love one another. So Satan knows. If that's what marks us, then if he can get us, get Christians, into the chaos, get them to expressing anger, expressing hatred, judging others, marginalizing those that disagree with them, then those disciples will be unrecognizable and have very little influence. And that's his goal. Now, I'm not critical of political views. Um, I have them, and I vote them. And sometimes those I vote for are elected, and sometimes they're not. But it doesn't really matter, because either way, I am before, during, and after an ambassador for Jesus. Consequently, I must capture every word that I speak, every word that I write, every tone of my voice, every expression on my face, even every thought that I have to make sure that in no way will my testimony be damaged because my highest priority is to share my faith, not my political views. Paul reminded us of something that we need to think about today. Titus 3, 1 and 2. He said, remind the people. That's what I'm doing, reminding the people today. Remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to be peaceable, and to be considerate, and always to be gentle toward everyone, those that you voted for and those that you didn't. 
So remember, your credibility as a witness for Jesus depends on that. that be careful through the days ahead. Now, the chaos of the, that brought, um, pandemic brought on, I want to look at that for a minute. When COVID hit, there was immediately a series of what-if questions. What if, we, what if it continues? What if our economy collapses? What if I lose my health? What if I lose my job, my security? All those what-if questions. And then we started, being, uh, we started hearing things that we've never heard before. Uh, shelter in place. Social distancing. I, I dated a girl once that believed in that social distancing, but, but that wasn't the same. Social distancing, face covering required. Uh, we were introduced to something called Zoom meetings. I'd never heard of a Zoom meeting, probably existed. It sounded good to me at first because I don't like meetings very much. So a Zoom meeting wouldn't be a real fast meeting, it sounded like, right? <laughs> Not so much. No, we were, we were plagued with panic, worry, fear. And, and those are the areas where Satan is the most comfortable. And we needed to be calm. So we go to Psalm 46 and 10. And God says, be still and know that I am God. Be still. What he's talking about is slow down the thinking process. Just, just slow down the brain. Slow down, slow down the heart rate. Take a deep breath. Chill. We would say chill today. Know that I'm God and I'm still on the throne. So he said, I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The, the Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. So the elders begin to meet. What are we going to do when, when things begin to really uh, ratchet up? We started out with prayer. A lot of times when we pray, we have a plan that we, we want to uh, start and we want, you know, to God to bless it. And that, it was not that kind of prayer. We had no idea. We were praying for guidance, and so we had to pray, and then we had to listen. There were lots of questions, no answers, lots of opinions, few agreements. But we, as we calmed down, and as we prayed, and as we listened, over time, some things began to come into focus. First and foremost was that our traditional routines were going to be disrupted. It's inevitable that there was going to be change. And any time you bring change to a group of people, it, their mindset is going to be very critical. And so we went to Philippians 2, 3, and 4, and it was a common verse that we thought about a lot. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of the others. We needed to focus not on what we wanted, but what was needed for the majority, for the most of the, the family. And so we started, and the very first thing that we did, well, was we focused on safety. The first thing was, had to do with safety because we realized that the infection had different degrees of danger for different people. So our challenge was to be safe as, as much as possible physically without ignoring the spiritual needs of the members. And the first step First thing we did, we went to virtual assembly. Many of you remember that first day. It was, it was sad to, go, to see the empty parking lot and the empty building. But the question that we had to ask ourselves was, are we going to be defined by this building as a church? Can we be a church without having the building? We started making videos, worship videos, class videos, classes for adults, for children. 
And, and let me just say, all of you that were involved in that, uh, thank you. I mean, there was a lot of man hours, a lot of women hours that went into those classes, did some great jobs, and, and the, uh, the staff is to be commended. They, they did a great job as well. A lot of hours, now, that was uncharted territory. Everything was new, a lot of pressure having to get that done week after week, learning how to do it. Many of you have technical abilities. Many have volunteered to come in and help with the staff to get those things done. A lot goes into those videos, and those of you who have done it know it's not easy. And, and there's a lot, there's more to it than just the class, getting it prepared and putting it out. So thank all of you for that. And then... Um, the, all of this was done to kind of keep all the members, you know, in the Word. And then getting up to speed with the, with the Zoom meetings, that became really critical, too, because that really assisted our small groups in staying connected. And I'll say more about that in just a minute. But after a while, we began miss seeing one another. So we wanted to try something different. You remember the uh, parking lot assemblies that we had? You know, it's kind of like the old days of the drive-in movie. We came up here to the parking lot in, the, in Sunday morning and it stayed in the car, listened on the radio, listened to the sermon, had prayer, sang songs together and, in our cars. <laughs> and all of that, who can forget Mark, Mark in, his, in his hut up there up front? And, uh, and, and Mark in his cart. And, and um, we, we did that for a while, and then, and then we even used it again in the fall. If you remember, uh, in the fall, we had our pie, praise and pie. Uh, no little virus is going to keep us from our pie. And so we made sure that we did that, and we came out in that. And it wasn't perfect. It, w it wasn't perfect. But it sure was welcome, because we got to see each other again. And it became more apparent to me that maybe we'd been guilty of taking our fellowship for granted all these years. Because now that we'd missed it, we really realized how important it was. I think when it comes back, we'll have a lot different attitude toward that and be a lot more eager to come. So besides being safe, uh, we need to stay connected because of being connected would be how we would keep up with the spiritual needs. And so the hub of that connectivity became our small groups. Can't say enough about the small groups. I'm so glad we put those in place and had them going because that became the, the center where we could kind of keep contact. You, the care, those the small group leaders did a great job, spent a lot of hours making calls. There was, they had their meetings, they had their Zoom meetings, their texts, their emails, their phone calls, all of that staying in touch with all the members because regardless whether there was a virus or not, um, the uh, life was going on as it always had. We were having births, deaths, marriages, graduations, people were beginning sick, there were baptisms, there were new members joining, all the things that occur every year, and they were occurring again. So we needed to stay up that, stay up with it, so we could rejoice with those that were rejoicing. We could mourn with those that were mourning. And then we could take care of each other. That became a real source of information for us. And uh, for all of you that made those calls, and even if you weren't in a small group, many of you still called just to make sure that you could check on people. And that became so important in taking care of. You remember when this all started out, they were started out with some shortages. You remember the first thing that we were short on? What people hoarded the, to begin with? Yeah, toilet paper. It's a respiratory illness. Now, why would people hoard toilet paper? I don't know. But, but they did. 
And so what happened was members would begin, would find out that certain people would be short on things. And when they found out they were short, we had some that had a little extra. They said, well, look, I'll share what I've got with you. And then all of a sudden we became more aware of what others were looking for. And we went to grocery stores. You look and you saw things on the shelf that, that were there that, you know, aren't there very often. And if you saw something like it, you pick it up, pick up extra ones. So you could share it with some others that you knew had a need. Um, all that was being done, it kind of reminded me a lot of Acts 2.44, where the church had everything in common. We were watching out for one another. And I don't know how many of you, I don't know how many extra meals have been made, prepared and taken to people who needed them at the time. And so much of that it went on the whole time, still going on now. As a, and, and all of that just to watch out for one another. And you know what? We did it without a building. And we did it without ministries to organize it. We did it because one person saw someone else had a need, and they met it, and they took care of it. And that's really what it's all about, Ex just simple expressions of loving people. Reminds me of James 1, 2, and 4 comes to mind. Consider it pure, pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith, and it was tested, produces perseverance, and we had to have perseverance. And let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. We grew. There was maturity that took place during this period because of just the simple acts of kindness that we were doing, watching out for one another. And the, another, another thing the elders were really wanting to make sure of is that we never lost sight of what our mission was, to love God, love people, and change the world. You see... We have a purpose, and that's to spread the gospel. And it doesn't matter what happens in the world around us. That will always be our purpose, and that has to continue on. And sometimes carrying out that mission requires money. And, and we had made our, our uh, uh, pledges uh, on that to, uh, before the pandemic started. And so we wondered about that. Once the pandemic started, how's that going to work for this next year? Well, let me, let me tell you how that worked. You, you made all your commitments, not only your pledges, but you went over and above. We, we had more than had been purposed. That's, that's amazing. And, and I can't tell you how pleased and how thankful the elders are for your generosity. And, and Jesus said that uh, where a person's, where a person's uh, heart is, there's where his treasure will be. Well, it's pretty obvious there are a lot of people here that love this church, and we're thankful for that. So we've exceeded it, and I, I wonder too in that, I wonder if we didn't maybe witness one more time uh, Jesus multiplying fishes and loaves because they provided everything that we needed was provided for, and then some. We were able to continue our support with all our missionaries, provide disaster relief for storm victims, provide temporary financial help for those that ran through hard times financially, continued to help all the children's homes that we always have, in, the, in, the, in our families, in the community, we continue to help them through holiday harvest. Um, Oak Grove, our adopted school, was, was not neglected. We no longer were going over there to mentor because they were d doing it at home. But we provided a lot of materials for them. We also had the fall festival, which those kids looked forward to, and we did that. And not only we, did we do all the things that we typically do, but we even added some that we never had done before. One of the things that we were short on after this all started were masks. You ha everybody had to wear masks. All of a sudden, there was a real demand for masks. And people were short on that. 
some of the ladies that sew. They said, well, I think I can make a mask. So they started making some masks. And then some other ladies that don't sew had material. and said, well, you can, I'll give you some material to make more masks. Pretty soon, we, had, we started a manufacturing group. We made masses of masks. And we distributed them all over into, into senior living facilities, nursing homes. We had hospitals call. Can, you, can we get some masks from you? And so we were, we were making these masks and sending them out and for free. And then we started wanting to help the, the hospitals because of the demand that was put on them and the pressures that they were under. And, and so we, we started preparing meals. But then we found that, you know, the night shifts were, the, were getting kind of neglected. They were the ones that had the hardest time. And, and at night, you, it's, you can't just run out and get something to eat when you're at the hospital and it's in the middle of the night. So what we did, we had some volunteers that started coming up and started putting together meals. And, and then those meals would be taken out to the night shift workers. We're two hospitals that we're supporting now and doing that with on a regular basis. We had the clothing giveaway in the parking lot, if you remember. Gave away a lot of clothes in the, in the community. Again, we stayed with all our blood drives. We were able to help with that. Certainly was needed during that time. And I could go on. There are a lot of things. I couldn't cover them all in the few minutes that I've got. Very few now. Um, but I wanted to make sure that you knew that we didn't drop back in 2020. We pushed ahead. We did great. But then chaos came in another area, too, and that was in the racial injustice leading to the riots and some of the looting that took place. It brought, again, more fear, more worry, anxiety. And, and we had to take a hard look at ourselves because, you know, Mac's always been recognized as a diverse church, and that's good. But we had to ask ourselves a question. We're diverse, but are we united? And so, as elders, we pr started praying about that. Is, is that the case? And we started making calls. We called our members of color to get their opinion on it, get their feedback, and find out from their perspective how things were going. And, and what we found was that as a church, we're doing okay. We're so-so. We're but okay and so-so is not acceptable. The body of Christ is a place where all members should feel safe, respected, loved, where all people feel apart, all members are supported and encouraged. And so we added something. We added a couple of classes. We had one for male, one for female. And it was the classes are designed to build relationships that will make us not only diverse, but united. It sounds like an oxymoron, and it is, but that's where we're headed, a diverse unity. Um, and that, that goal to get there is going to take some time because you can, it takes time to build those relationships because those old programs inside our thinking have to be deleted and we have to reinstall new programs to think differently and see things differently. But we will continue and we will persevere. This is just the beginning, but it put us on the right path. Now we still have differences. Um, we come from different backgrounds, different cultures, we're going to have different colors. That's, that's not going to change. We're not going to put two in a classroom and expect them to come out different colors. They're going to be the same. And so the goal is not to blend all into one, but rather to celebrate each one. Let me say that one again. Not to blend all into one, but rather to celebrate each one. Those differences should be embraced and should be valued because they enable us to, to relate to more people. And, and have a greater impact on changing the world. Hope to never see 
the racial problems that we've seen over the last, I hope that never happens again. But I will say this, because it happened, now we're on a different path, and that's good. Romans 8:28 comes to mind. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those that love him and who have been called according to his purpose. That's true even in pandemics, and it's true even in racial injustices. So looking, into, looking forward into 2021, if you ask me, when are we going to get back to the way we were, I'll have to answer you, I hope we never do. I hope we never get there. I don't want to go back to where we were because now we're in a better place. Because all of this that we've gone through has helped us climb higher, and we want to continue to do that. We don't want to go back. Now, there are things that need to be restored. Um, I'd like to see this auditorium full again. Um, these Zoom meetings are good, but you know they're not the same. It's not the same. And it's not the same to sit in here all masked up. And I want to speak now for just a minute for those of you that are watching right now from home. I want you to know that when the time is right and when it's safe to do so, we want you back. In fact, we need you back. And I think you need us. We need to be together. It, I look forward to the time that um, uh, we can start having those fellowships again. And you know, I think that's coming. It's close. This past week, Linda and I got our first vaccine shot. And so we're, on, we're in the process now. And I hope many of you can do the same thing. And I hope it goes quickly because we want to bring an end to that. We want to have, once again, we, we want to see, see the building full. We want to see fellowships with no restrictions. We want to see uncapped groups coming together. We want to see all of your face and not just half of it. Some of you, it's okay for half of it, but most of you, all of your face. And, and so, and, and that's the time, and I think when that happens, we will appreciate it more. I think we'll understand what it, how important it is that we be together. And so we've learned from that as well. Now, if there's one big takeaway from 2020, and if we could sum it up in just one, one sentence, I think it would be a paraphrase of Romans 8, 38 and 39 that one of the elders gave me. It says, For I am persuaded that neither politics, nor riots, nor pandemics, nor fake news, nor political powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, or any other created thing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And we see proof of that in, in 2020. Let's stand and sing. There is love that came for us. <laughs>